This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, it's the 75th anniversary of the famous Roswell Flying Saucer crash of July 1947. And uh, unfortunately, after all this time, the United States government uh, has still not come clean about what really happened there. Um, it's not even clear exactly who in the United States government uh, knows about what happened there. It's, I'm sure it's it's very small number of people that have access to the real data. Uh, and I'm sure it's probably a group, uh, if it's not called Majestic 12 anymore, it's a group that's just like Majestic 12 uh, that's keeping it secret all that still to this day. To this day, It's basically the biggest story of all time. And unfortunately, uh, we still don't know the truth about everything. Uh, we know some things, right, based on independent research that's been conducted over the last, uh, you know, 40 plus years. But other than that, we don't have all the facts. And it's very, very sad. It's very bittersweet. And uh, it's, you know, you would think after all this time that, you know, the truth would have came out. I could understand in 1947, um, you know, the way things were, I think, you know, the con concerns of public panic, uh, the Cold War was starting to heat up. Uh, you know, I, I could understand that. But this long, 75 years, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't believe in Roswell. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of people who believe that the UFO, some UFOs are uh, operated by extraterrestrial beings, but they they don't believe in Roswell. Some people do, some people don't. Uh, if you research this, you, I, there's no other conclusion. Uh, it, once you read all the reports, all the uh, all the interviews that were done with the first and second-hand witnesses throughout the years, there's only one conclusion, that uh, a flying saucer with uh, extraterrestrial beings inside crashed in the desert outside of Roswell. Basically, uh, on July 2nd, 1947, uh, uh, during that night, there was a terrific storm, uh, lightning and thunder, and some people claimed they heard an explosion. Uh, apparently, the uh, most of the debris apparently was uh, a lot of the debris was discovered on a ranch about seventy-five miles northwest of Roswell, and uh, the the craft, the, the bigger main piece with with alien bodies. Uh, finally crashed uh, about 40 miles north of Roswell. And uh, it's to this day, uh, it's been it's been covered up. It was covered up at the time. And the truth about it has never been revealed by the government, what they know. And it would be very nice, very interesting to find out, you know, what did they learn? I mean, you know, about these beings. I mean, apparently there were four four beings. Three of them were dead. And apparently one of them, according to some witnesses, was still alive uh, and and died at a later point. But, uh, 
it would be interesting to know everything they have. It would be interesting to see the the pictures that were taken at the time, the the film that was that was taken. There was reports of uh, military personnel with uh, movie cameras, movie uh, f- filming that filmed the crash site. So some th- these these things are somewhere. Uh, these documents and reports and film and pictures have to be somewhere. There, there's no way that the government would would get rid of all this stuff. But uh, they are keeping that stuff away from the public, and I could. Uh, it, that, that's that's a known fact. I mean, in in the early '90s, there was a, a New Mexico uh, congressman Stephen Schiff, the late Stephen Schiff, uh, who was interested in getting to the bottom of the whole Roswell incident. Because by the early 1990s, there was a lot of interest in Roswell, uh, because since the late '70s, you know, people had started stepping forward and, and talking about this and, and coming, you know, saying what they knew about it. It started with Jesse Marcel. He was a major, major Jesse Marcel was a, uh, he was stationed at Roswell army airfield, uh, in 1947. He was the top intelligence officer at the field at that time. It was the part of the 509th bomb group, which was the only unit in the world at the time that had an atomic bomb. So, and he was familiar with, uh, uh, aircraft and and weather balloons and and he saw this material and and he was told to keep quiet about it in 1947 and in 1978 he finally went public with what he knew and that caused the chain reaction and there were other witnesses other people in the military with in, in high ranking positions that came forth and said yeah there was a cover up it wasn't a weather balloon we don't know what it was well, because they 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 were never told. They only knew what they saw at the time, and so they don't never knew what they knew it was unearthly, right? But they were never told the full truth after that. It went, it was hidden by other people high up in the Pentagon, and a lot of people suspect that it was uh, Harry Truman, President Harry Truman. Uh, he created this uh, top secret control group called Majestic Twelve in September of uh, 1947, two months after the Roswell crash, and. And that group, ever since, has been controlling all information with regard to extraterrestrial visitors and uh, and their craft. Uh, they, they handle that. And for what purpose? Who really knows? I have some suspicions on what the the main goal of Majestic 12 is, and I plan on talking about that in, a, in an upcoming podcast. But, uh, you know, the, Na- uh, the, the, the United States Air Force has... Uh, not been telling. Not, they haven't told the truth about this since only once. Initially, they told the truth on July eighth. They actually released a press release that stated that the United States Army Air Forces has captured a flying disc. Within hours, they changed that story, saying, "No, no, it was just a weather balloon." And then in 1994, they came out with another report. Uh, and they stated uh, it wasn't just a weather balloon; it was a top secret weather, uh, top secret balloon for a project called Mogul, which, which, uh, you know, it, it had basically it was made up of balloons and string, just like a weather balloon, but it also had a little radio device on there to try to detect uh, any atomic bomb blasts that go off in the Soviet Union. Because at that time, in 1947, the uh, as the Soviet Union did not have an atomic bomb yet, as you know, and we were trying to find out when they did get, did have one. Uh, so that was, and then in 1997, the Air Force came out one more time with one other big lie. They tried to claim that 
alien bodies that people saw there were actually dummies. And uh, so basically in June of 1997, the United States Air Force released what it considered its final comments on the Roswell crash. Uh, and it was a book called The Roswell Report, Case Closed. And before that, in 1994, the Air Force released a report that claimed that what really crashed in the desert was just a top-secret high-altitude balloon used to detect the so whether the Soviet Union was testing atomic bombs. Because many witnesses to the Roswell crash also contended that they had seen or heard about extraterrestrials uh, recovered by the military, the Air Force thought it was necessary to uh, dispel those with uh, different assertions, you know, and the... And the problem is, is that uh, the, the dummy, is, it's almost like an admission of guilt. I mean, the story, the, the, their dummy story was so preposterous that uh, it, it's unbelievable. But yet the mainstream press really didn't, you know, they didn't do any further investigation. They just basically took the Air Force's word for gospel and moved on. Uh, what what this whole report did was it insulted the intelligence of people with common sense and critical thinking skills. Uh, the contentions laid out by the Air Force with regard to alien bodies were seen at the crash were completely laughable, obviously false. Uh, as you can ascertain, the explanation is utterly preposterous. For one thing, the, the dummy drops occurred between 1953 and 1959. So if they didn't occur until Starting in 1953, then what's going on here? Well, the Air Force tried to say, well, it was time compression. You know, people got their dates mixed up. <laughs> right? Uh, the UFO crash near Roswell occurred in 1947. Secondly, the, the dummies used were like six feet tall. They weighed 175 pounds. They were made of wood. Right? Anybody who saw them, they, they would have known that they were dummies. Uh, in fact, they had tags on them that said the prop that they were the property of the United States Army Air Forces. Or actually, the property of the United States Air Force. <clears throat> uh, what witnesses to alien bodies said they saw were four-foot-tall beings with oversized heads, large almond-shaped eyes, and hands that only had four digits. Uh, some witnesses, you know, and, and like I said, some of the witnesses said that the, oh, one of the four beings was still alive. Uh, Late, uh, late Roswell mortician Glenn Dennis, he said that the Roswell Army Air Base, Air Base contacted him at the time of the crash requesting if his funeral home had four child-sized caskets. Dennis also said he bumped into a nurse at the base hospital, uh, the Roswell Army Air Force's base, uh, who was highly agitated and about something that she just saw. Right? Dennis said the nurse later told him while uh, in a diner that uh, she assisted in an autopsy of one of the beings, and that it wasn't human. She drew a picture on a napkin, and she gave it to Dennis, and it looked like an alien being. The late Walter Hout, he was the first lieutenant and press relations officer at the 509th Bomb Group in 1947. He was the, he's the one who issued the initial press release in July 1947 that stated the truth about what happened, that a flying saucer had crashed in the desert outside of Roswell, and... Uh, that you know that was that was the story but then how it was later instructed this uh he, he was instructed to send out that press release by the base commander colonel william blanchard and hours after that went out uh, the army air forces said it wasn't a flying saucer that was recovered it was only a weather balloon right and in 2002 
three years before Hout died, he signed an affidavit that revealed everything that he really knew about the Roswell incident, and it was sealed until after his death in 2005. Among other things, he stated that the affidavit, in the affidavit that he saw extraterrestrial corpses. Uh, on July 8, 1947, Hout said Blanchard, quote, took me personally to Building 84, a B-29 hangar located on the east side of the tarmac. Upon first approaching the building, I observed that it was under heavy guard both outside and inside. Once inside, I was permitted from a safe distance to first observe the object recovered north of town. It was approximately 12 to 15 feet in length, not quite as wide, about 6 feet high, and more of an egg shape. Lighting was poor, but its surface did appear metallic. No windows, portholes, wings, tail section, or landing gear were visible. Also, from a distance, I was able to see a couple of bodies under a canvas tarpaulin. Only the heads extended beyond the covering, and I was not able to make out any features. The heads did appear larger than normal, and the contour of the canvas over the bodies suggested the size of a 10-year-old child. At a later date in Blanchard's office, he would extend his arm about four feet above the floor to in indicate the height. So there you have it. Now, he he made this statement. He it was a sealed affidavit. He didn't want to say it while, while he was alive. Now, I guess it was a fear that, you know, he'd be, uh, he, he told his friend, Colonel Blanchard, somebody that he looked up to that he would never say anything while he was alive. So he, he waited till he was dead to actually make that, make that statement public. Um, it's just... You know, again, and, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. There were so many different people. I mean, I, I've read uh, a, new, a number of different books about Roswell over the years. And, and, and the most recent one uh, was from a book that was published in 2020 by uh, Donald Schmidt and Thomas Carey. And uh, it's called Roswell, The Ultimate Cold Case Closed. Uh, I'll, I'll leave a link for it in the description. I, I, it's a book I highly recommend that anybody who's interested in UFOs and uh, and what really happened at Roswell, they really need to read this book because uh, it's, I mean, basically it lays out everything. You know, basically, again, what happened here was, um, you know, on July 2nd, that there was that storm. That And Mac Brazel, he was a, a rancher. Uh, on July 3rd, he went out, he, he was herding sheep. And, you know, he saw this big area, you know, there was uh, this large area that was uh, covered with debris that he never saw before. And uh, he didn't know where it came from. And, uh, you know, it was an area that was hundreds of, of feet wide and three quarters of a mile long. And he, he didn't know he, the problem he was having was that the sheep wouldn't uh, walk. They wouldn't. He, he had to walk them around at all the time. They wouldn't walk through it. So he actually ended up eventually picking up a few of these uh, pieces and he drove them into Roswell because he figured, well, uh, you know, somebody, it has to belong to somebody. They need to get this out of here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, right? It was so much stuff. He didn't know what he, I mean, he, he didn't take him forever to get rid of it all. And he didn't know what it was. It could have, you know, he figured it must have been something from the military or something. It was weird, the, you know, the material that he was handling. I mean, uh, some of the material was, uh, it was described as you know being uh, as thin as the tin foil in a pack of cigarettes, and uh, you couldn't bend it or break it. And then there was other stuff that was like aluminum foil that you crumble it up in your hand, but then it would straighten back out again. Um, and then there was some like weird fiber op optic kind of stuff, and then there was uh, material with uh, with I beam kind of I beams with with hieroglyphic writing on it. 
So anyway, he grabbed some of this stuff and he drove 75 miles into Roswell on uh, July 6th of 1947. And he went to the sheriff's office and the sheriff didn't know what to think about the stuff. And he said, he suggested maybe you better talk to the people over at the army air force base. So he went over there and, you know, they looked at this material. They didn't know what it was and they figured, well, we better go investigate this, you know? So they sent the material that Brazel back brought back with him to the Pentagon that day. And it arrived at the, in Washington that night. Meanwhile, uh, Jesse Marcel, the top intelligence officer, and this other uh, guy, Sheridan Cabot, uh, went along with uh, Brazel. They went. They drove out to his ranch. But by the time they got there, it was dark out. So they stayed. They figured they'll stay overnight. They had the sleeping bags, and they stayed overnight. And the next day, they went out on the seventh to, to inspect the field. Uh, so they're, they, they, Marcel said it was unbelievable. Like when he came clean thirty years later, he said he, it was just you know, it was all the stuff. It was so weird. So meanwhile, well, they're they start collecting some of this stuff and loading it up into their jeep, right? And meanwhile, while they're doing that, some civilians discover the the the, the main crash disc about forty miles north of Roswell. So basically, what must have happened? This crash exploded, had some or some for some reason blew up over the over Brazel's ranch, and then the the main piece crashed 40 miles north of, of Roswell. So by the time uh, they got back to, uh, by the time uh, Marcel and, Ka- and Cavett re- returned to Roswell, it was late. It was late. It was actually the, the, the next day. It was already like 2 o'clock in the morning of the 8th. And Marcel actually stopped at his house, showed his wife and his young son, Jesse Marcel Jr., uh, some of the material and jesse marcel jr was another witness he said he saw this this weird hieroglyphics on these weird eye beams he saw some of this the metal and then his father had to take the stuff back take go back out and go leave, leave for the base um <clears throat> and then the next time he saw his father jr said that he, his father told him we're not allowed to talk about it anymore that was because on the day of the eighth the whole cover-up start well it, that's when it started basically what happened is uh the uh colonel blanchard ordered uh how to send out a press release saying that they captured a flying saucer within hours general ramey the brigadier general ramey who was stationed in fort worth in texas said hey no no we're, we're changing that said it's not it wasn't a flying saucer it was uh weather blown and and Marcel actually showed up at, in Fort Worth with with some of the material that was found at the ranch, and Ramey told him that we're not going to sh- we're going to meet with the press, but I don't want you to say anything. And he brought him into a room, and instead of the material showing him the material that he brought with him, there was a the remnants of a weather balloon on laying on the floor, and Marcel was ordered to to pose with some of those those remnants, and and that was shown in the papers across the country you know marcel holding up pieces of, of broken weather bloom which as an intelligence officer he would have known what well, well, why go dr- drive out 75 miles from roswell to brazil's ranch when it's just weather balloon i mean so whatever so that makes you that you that tells you right there that you know Bra- whatever brazil brought back to roswell initially obviously the material was strange strange enough for members of the uh, army air force to go out and, and investigate and then to be flying it around uh to, to for, from roswell to fort worth to, to, you know for this press conference i mean it, it was a cover-up they said it was a weather balloon and 
that was the end of the story. And every people, civilians were 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 told to that if they talk about this, they'll they'll, they'll get arrested or they'll be thrown in jail. Uh, members of the military were were threatened with prison and fines. You know, again, this stuff is outlined, in, especially in this most recent book, the Roswell, the Ultimate Cold Case. Closed. These guys, uh, Schmidt and Kerry, they 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 interviewed so many people over the years, uh, and it's all very credible. Um, I mean, compared with the Air Force's story that people people saw was dummies, come on, that's ridiculous. But again, the whole thing is still covered up to this day, all these years later, and it's sad. It's sad. Um, you know, Marcel Sr., you know, it wasn't until 1978 when Stanton Friedman heard about him, heard about this guy that had, he must have told somebody a story about, uh, you know, about the uh about what happened in Roswell in 47. And so uh, Friedman contacted uh, Jesse Marcel and he told, he, he said, yeah, you know, what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell the truth. And he did. He told what he knew. And he said that the material was definitely not from Weather Bloom. That was a cover up, right? And, and there were other people after Marcel. There was uh, a, 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 the, the chief of staff for, 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 Rod, for General Ramey, this Thomas DeBose, before he died, he said, yeah, it was, there was, the balloon was a cover-up. He admitted it. I mean, there was a lot of people that came forward. Um, basically, what happened, a, a flying saucer with alien beings in it crashed, and, and the Air Force has covered it up. They told the truth initially, but then they were, to, they were told they had to tell this lie about a weather balloon. They were, you know, <laughs> people in the Pentagon obviously forced them to do this. Uh, and and then, you know, when people start coming forward years later, they had to come up with these other, you know, they had to come up with more excuses. Okay, well, yeah, it was it was, it was just that it was a top secret weather balloon. And again, that's all bogus, too. Those mogul balloons, there was no big, there was no reason to act like that over these balloons. I mean, uh, they really weren't that different from, a, you know, it was, a, you know, uh, from a re regular weather balloon other than the, than the uh, the radio the, the radio device on it. There was nothing really different about it. And there's no way that uh, one of these balloons coming that for one thing a balloon can crash. It would have just landed in the, in the neoprene rubber that, that would have just started disintegrating over time in the desert. Um, there was just so many lies told by by the Air Force over this. I mean, I'm going to leave another link here from uh, from the late uh, Stanton Friedman who who initially investigated this and and. Uh, you know, he, he talks about the, the, the lies about Roswell. You could check that out. But again, I highly recommend the, the book from Carrie uh, and Schmidt. I mean, that's, you know, very interesting. But again, it's just a sad thing. You know, it's basically very bittersweet today, you know, at this point, at, at this time, to, to think that after all these years, we're still not told the truth. I mean... <laughs> I mean, even the press, I mean, the press release that the Air Force came out with, uh, the, the executive summary for their, uh, 25 years ago, they came out with this executive summary uh, for their final book, uh, the Roswell Report, Case Closed. And I'm going to read this to you. And it, it's just completely ridiculous. It says here, uh, in July 1994, the Office of the Secretary of the Air Force concluded an exhaustive search for re records in response to a General Accounting Office, GAO, inquiry of an event popularly known as the Roswell Incident. The focus of the GAO probe, initiated at the request of a member of Congress, was de to determine if the United States Air Force or any other United States government agency possessed information on the alleged crashed and recovery of an extraterrestrial vehicle and its alien occupants near Roswell, New Mexico in July 1947. 
1994 Air Force report concluded that the predecessor to the United States Air Force, the U.S. Army Air Forces, recovered debris from an Army Air Force's balloon-borne research project codenamed Mogul. Records located describing research carried out under the Mogul project, most of which were never classified and publicly available, were collected, provided to GAO, and published in one volume for ease of access for the general public. This report discusses the results of this exhaustive research and identifies the likely sources of the claims of alien bodies at Roswell. Contrary to allegations, many of the accounts appear to be descriptions of unclassified and widely publicized Air Force scientific achievements. Other descriptions of bodies appear to be actual incidents in which Air Force members were killed or injured in the line of duty. The conclusions are Air Force activities which occurred, occurred over a period of many years have been consolidated and are now represented to have occurred in two or three days in July 1947. Aliens observed in the New Mexico desert were actually anthropomorphic test dummies that were carried aloft by United States Air Force high-altitude balloons for scientific research. The unusual military activities in the, in the New Mexico desert were high-altitude research balloon launch and recovery operations. Reports of military units that always seemed to arrive shortly after the crash of a flying saucer to retrieve the saucer and crew were actually accurate descriptions of Air Force personnel engaged in anthropomorphic dummy recovery operations. Claims of alien bodies at the Roswell Army Airfield Hospital were most likely a combination of two separate incidents. One, a 1956 KC-97 aircraft accident in which 11 Air Force members lost their lives, and two, a 1959 manned balloon mishap in which two Air Force pilots were injured. This report is based on thoroughly documented research supported by official records, technical reports, film footage, photographs, and interviews with individuals who are involved in these events. And that whole executive summary is a complete, absolute lie. So in addition to anthropomorphic dummies, uh, some of the other explanations that the Air Force provided as to uh, uh, dead alien bodies were actually dead alien or dead uh, Air Force, uh, dead or injured Air Force members who lost their lives either in 1956 or were injured in 1959. Again, it's just complete bogus. It's nonsense. And, you know, the, the funny thing is about all of this is that these balloons that they try to say that it was a weather balloon, right? For one thing, the rancher, were, you know, he, the one who initially brought in this material, he he had seen the weather balloons before. He would just throw them out. That's what they they would just get rid of it. They 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 knew what these were. I mean, a balloon that's not going to you know cause this guy to drive all seventy five miles into Roswell to complain about all this debris over a field. He would have just collected it himself. It would have been nothing. But they were talking about weird kind of metal. That was all over the place. And Marcel said the same thing years later. But, you know, and, and you know, again, and people were intimidated at the time. In fact, this Brazel was, uh, they, when he came in, they, they, he was telling the story as what he knew at first, like to some radio station and, and, and to reporters. But then he, the, the Army took him. They basically kept him incommunicado for like four or five days, right? Like he was getting escorted around Roswell to tell a news story by by guards at, at one point. They, they forced him to take an army physical. They, you know, he was intimidated. He was intimidated into silence. And other people were too. A lot of people stepped forward years later that said there were people that showed up at her house saying, "Hey, you know, we'll kill you. Well, you they'll be they'll be picking your bones out of the out of the sand in the desert." And, and, of course, the Air Force says, oh, we would never do that. Well, th just because you say you would never do that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay, 
again, I, I, I to the, at this point now, and even in the 90s, I don't think the Air Force, I mean, those documents, whatever the United States Army Air Force documents that that existed in the 40s on this, you know, Majestic 12 would have taken that over. You know, so I don't think the Air Force in the 90s would have had any, they don't have any, you know, they wouldn't have any access to those documents anymore because any documents related to that Roswell crash, they, they were moved to above top secret uh, someplace. And I, I'm sure it was Majestic 12. And the uh, the other part would be that uh, uh, the GAO, the General Accounting Office, the, uh, there's no question that you know well if this is above top secret how are they going to find any records on this of course they're not going to be given the records on this they're going to someone's going to tell them oh it looks like they were all destroyed that's just a story there's no way they would destroy the records from from that uh from that era from that base that particular base the only atomic bomb unit in the whole world at the time there's no way that's impossible it's a lie so the air force has been lying they're guilty they're guilty and I, I, I don't know if this was to go to court, even even with, you know, with the affid there's a lot of different affidavits, not just Walter Hout, right? There's other affidavits, right? And that stuff still would still stand in court. There's evidence still out there. The United States Air Force uh, and or the, the faction in the government that's been sitting on this, they're guilty. They're guilty of uh, the crime of keeping this story from the from the public for all these years from for basically lying to the public about something that we should know about. This is something that I, I want to, I want to know more information about this. I, I want to see the, I, I'd like to see the, 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 the film that was taken pictures that were taken at the time, you know, certainly they have that, right? I mean, it's the biggest story of all time, but yet it's, it's been kept secret for 75 years. Here we are 75 years later and we still don't know. Basically, it was kept secret. It, the first 30 years, it was nobody talked about it. People were scared. People that were involved in it, they didn't talk about it for those first 30 years. They would have been, they were worried about getting their brains blown out. You know, and here we are still, we're still talking about this. You know, I'd like to see, you know, somehow take the, take the government to court, you know, and, 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 and hash it out there. But you know what? I, I don't know what, exactly what's going on with Majestic 12 or, or whatever they call themselves today, right? Uh, but I, I, how do you, how, like, where do they get this authority? Like, how, like this secret group that obviously exists, right? Where does this authority to keep this a secret come from? If I mean, it seems like there's presidents in in the last couple of decades that don't even know about this. They're not they don't they don't have a need to know apparently. So it's actually something that's even kept away from presidents and people that are are elected officials. They don't know about it. You know, it depends. People in the Pentagon are sitting on it. Who gave that authority? It had to be you know Truman and or Eisenhower. You would think, right? They must have decided well you know what we're going to give majestic 12 complete authority over this and it's going to be uh, nobody in the future could ever question it that's what it seems like what's going on here this is this is something that the people we have no control over they're keeping information from the public on, on, on the biggest story of all time you know we're probably ne they're never going to tell the truth it doesn't seem at this point anyhow i don't know how i don't know how you how do we pry that information away from a group that's this secretive and this powerful you know it's just sad it's sad that all these years have gone by and we still don't we, we're still not there we don't have the truth yet on this i mean again if you do your own research on this 
you know, I what's sad about this? I, I recently a few a, f- a few months back, I remember I did a, a you know every now and then I'll do something on Roswell, and I saw a video on on YouTube from a, a bigger big YouTuber, um, and, and basically they 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 read a story that was written about Roswell by the Skeptical Inquirer, which doesn't do any research into this, and then they they. They, they they basically do a video saying that we well, yeah, it was just balloons and dummies and you know like like as fact like that's that's a fact that's not a fact that's that it was a bogus story how anybody could fall for that story is is beyond me i mean when you when you do your own research into this when you read read research that's been con- done by independent researchers you know read the books like i say roswell the ultimate cold case closed they also wrote another book called witness to roswell um there's a lot of different Roswell books out there um, by serious researchers, uh, unlike the mainstream media, which, and they have, and unfortunately, as it was a sad thing, is the mainstream members of the mainstream media, they have the resources and the money, and to, the, they, they could have they uncovered this a long time ago, but they stayed away from it for some reason, because see, most people in the mainstream press are conditioned to think that the whole concept of extraterrestrial visitors is... Uh, phony and 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 a hoax and and, and laughable or something because that's 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 what's been going like there's a it's been stigmatized since the 50s and it's you know we're yeah, we're yeah okay sure there's been some movement in the past five years okay we have lou elizondo making coming out with statements and you know the government saying yeah there are ufos all of a sudden you know after lying about it and say oh yeah uh there, there's nothing to it for 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 so many years but here we're still we still don't we, we still don't have the facts on one of the most i think to me this is roswell is is where it all starts that's the most important ufo story ever that that's when we really first our government and we as a people we should have known about it but our government people in our government knew at the time they knew that this is the biggest biggest thing of ever it's ever happened you know now we have we have proof that there's beings from outer space from other planets coming here look at this craft that 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 they were flying around in that explains all the ufo reports that have been going on since because that's you know 1947 you have to remember 1947 june of 1947 that's that was the uh, beginning of the the biggest ufo one of the biggest ufo flaps of all time that's where people all, all start seeing these flying saucers all over the place and then early july one of them crashes finally and it happens to crash near one of our atomic bomb you know, the atomic bomb unit in, in New Mexico, isn't that funny? Obviously, these beings are, they, 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 they were paying attention to what we're doing. I guess they're concerned about what's going on here. I'm sure they're still concerned. Uh, and they should be because, you know, I don't know, there's more atomic, there's more nuclear weapons now than ever before. It's just insane. But again, the truth has been withheld and it's sad. And uh, this is a bittersweet moment, actually. Seventy-five years, seventy-five years of lies and a cover-up, and Air Force lied about it. And, and, and I mean, they were instructed by the Pentagon, by their Pentagon handlers. You know, the the highest up, the echelon, the highest echelons in the Pentagon have been, you know, initially told the Air Force, and they came out with these ridiculous, bogus reports, dummies, anthropomorphic dummies. You know, they tried to say that oh, oh, the, some of the dummies that uh, people saw. You know, people said they saw these alien beings, okay, uh, and, and, and and they only had four digits. And the Air Force says, well, yeah, well, obviously what happened is that when the dummies fell, one of the fingers broke off, and that's what they were seeing. 
Now, anybody could look at one of these dummies that they, the pictures that they showed you. Anybody would look at that. They would say, oh, that's like, a, that's a mannequin. You know, that's, you know, we've seen these before in store windows. I mean, these are dummies. They're not real. They wouldn't, there would be no confusion over, uh, oh, these are alien beings. No. The reason that they, 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 there were witnesses that saw the actual crash, uh, crash site that saw bodies there and, and they saw that they knew that they weren't human. They, they didn't look human. They looked like, they, you know, they were dead bodies. And it was a, a, some kind of a craft that no, nobody's ever saw before. That's why they, you know, that's why these, where these stories came from. It wasn't people run in the desert and they come across a, a pile of, a payload of dummies that was dropped from a high altitude. You know, come on. People aren't that stupid. And, and, and again, the times, they were off with the time. They're off at the location. There's just so many different, uh, all of this was contrived by the Air Force, and I, I, I don't even know why they did it. They should have just been quiet about it. It would have been better, you know, rather than coming out with this nonsense. Because you know, this this stuff has been over the last twenty five years. There's there's people that really think it was dummies, and yeah, you know, to me, the only dummies in this whole situation are is the mainstream press. They're 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 the main dummies to 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 just not look into this and just take this you know as gospel. It's just insane. Uh, so the dummies really here in this in this situation are, are, are members of the. It's basically the mainstream media as a whole. They're the dummies uh, for not uh, realizing how ridiculous and preposterous the Air Force explanations, all of the explanations, have been over the years. Uh, especially when considering what what the uh, people, you know, the different witnesses have said throughout the years. But anyway, uh, maybe on the hunt by the hundredth anniversary we'll get the truth. I doubt it, but. You know, hope springs eternal.